Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello Egg Chasers, this is the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. We're just three mates here once again to chat about the beautiful game that is Rugby Union. Uh, I'm Tim, JB is right there. Hello. In a fetching Sam Burgess-esque bath vest. Uh, yeah, I'm also trying to control the um, the Facebook Live, which seems to have gone off. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> 12 minutes it took me to try and set this damn thing up. <laughs> is it off? Oh, oh, hold on, is it back? Is it back? Is it off? I've got is no idea, on? mate. I simply can't tell you. Okay. <laughs> well, there you go. That's the first thing. One one thing we can say is that you can, hopefully, watch this podcast if you're curious what the Rugby Dungeon looks like, what we look like, or see what's going on, uh, then get involved. Uh, but, yeah, we, we're going peak bath at the minute. Oh, because not only has JB got a vest on, Phil has got a, oh, yeah. a, a match fit shirt on. Th- this wasn't, I have. This wasn't planned. It wasn't, no. Just coincidence, because we've been so impressed by Bath's start to the season, I imagine. How are they doing it? Well, let's get into this in a minute, right? So we've got we've got the domestic rugby to talk about, Pro 14 and Avicii Premiership. We've got the rugby championship games of some couple of great ones this weekend and a couple of names that might have been unfamiliar that we're definitely going to know plenty more about now and in the future. But I'm going to start with a quick game of Who Am I? JB versus Phil. <clears throat> Play along as you're listening. So, Who Am I? I'm 27 years of age, born on exactly the same day as Bath's Tom Homer. Hmm. I'm scared how of... Would, how is that a recognisable <laughs> date? <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to come clean as well. There's, a, there's a, an amazing stats guru. Phil, you would love this guy. You'd get on so well with aid uh, from BT Sport. Uh, he's incredible. So I've just taken one of his biogs that he does for all the uh, players for the commentary okay. teams. And uh, I've just basically... Pilfered that. Uh, I'm scared of flying and heights. I hate social media. Mm. I was once fourth in the English school's pole vault championships. I always enjoyed athletics. My personal best over 100 metres was 10.7 Johnny seconds. Johnny May! It is yeah. Johnny May! <laughs> what, what, what twigged it for you? Uh, because 10.7 seconds. hates social media. He's a very complex man and he's very athletic. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to, so I was going to go on and say, if you didn't get it, then uh, I was Johnny May was also on the books of Swindon Town as a teenager. Mm. You'll like this one because your Nick Kennedy's mum is an author. JB. You'll like this one. John Johnny May's dad Pete is a vet. Is he? Oh. Yeah. Pete the vet. Uh, 
27 England caps. Well, hang on, hang on. He served in the Falklands or he plays with cows? Two tries on debut for his current club was going to be the next clue. Who he's recently joined. And finally, he's an expert scrummager known for his unnecessary, <laughs> unnecessarily long cycling shorts. Indeed. You gone? You gone off? I've just unplugged it from the stupid cable. Hit hit pause. Uh, on, the, on the pod. Okay. Hit. JB uh, wins the game of Who Am I There? Right, let's chuck a quick agenda in. Obviously, we're going to talk about the rugby that was played over the weekend. I would also like to... Um, I'm just going to chuck it onto our agenda at some point. Scrummaging or lack, lack of. of. Okay. Oh, wow. Me and JB might yeah. be on, on, on par with this one. Anything else anyone would like to chuck in? More like general points? Um, no, not really. I mean, here's the problem. I've watched so much rugby this weekend, I've watched none. Does that make sense? When you watch so much stuff... <laughs> Yeah, you don't. I mean, we can talk about sell sharks for a bit if you want. Um, that, but that's it. I mean, I, I literally can't. This, I've watched sale. I've watched both the championship games. I've watched every game on Saturday, including the Ospreys game, and I've watched the game today. And I literally can't remember any of it. <laughs> and I've seen the highlights. I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Too much rugby. Phil, what was your sort of big highlight of the weekend then, or your your moment, or game, or highlight, or performance, whatever? Performance has to be Bath. Um, Hence why me and JB are wearing the the bath shirts. It's th- it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think we'd written them off a little bit at the start of the Completely. season. Completely, it can't it can't last. Um, well, see, I, I think it can last because it's built on solid foundations, which are so their set piece was very good. Yep, against Saracens, your set piece will come yeah. under all sorts of pressure, um, and it, indeed against Leicester, um, and they've coped with it all very well. And their defence has been superb. Just everyone committed, organised, conditioned. And that's what it's based on. It's also... So if we wrote off Bath, we probably also certainly wrote off Reese Priestland, who, yeah. who has been one of their best players in these two games and has done the right things at the right times. And, and by that, I mean he's kicked... He's played sensibly. Mm-hmm. He's played in the right parts of the pitch. And he's taken points when they're available, including drop goals against Saracens. I did feel sorry for him last year when he was only getting the odd five minutes here, ten minutes yeah. there. Yeah, but he was like, it's, it's, that's that's been all. I think the the best part of the the situation with Bath having Freddie Burns rather than George Ford is now Reese Priestland is going to know if he plays well, he's going to get plenty of rugby, and he and he will get his fair share of games. I, I think yeah. it's great. Do you know what? It's weird because. Reese Priestland allegedly was Bath's highest-paid player for a little while, or he's right up there, like yeah, yeah. number you know three or four. Um, do you remember? Well, I'm sure this is said about Manchester United, but it's definitely said about the New England Patriots when they started like getting rid of all their best players. And New England Patriots do, do this all the time, but United did it with Van Nistelrooy, just you know, got rid. They did it with David Beckham as well, and he's still in his prime. Yeah, and um, at the time they said, well. You know, you just get rid of one player, but everyone else, everyone else has to step up and get five percent better and make up for the, you know, for the loss. And that's almost like how I think about Bath now. They've got rid of George Ford, and it seems like they've had the last laugh here massively. George Ford was missing kicks early this week, days. last week. It, it is well, that's exactly as I started with. This can't last. It simply can't, can it? But well, if, it if does, you want, if you want to talk about last laugh, let's just look at the table and go. Uh, uh, Leicester played two, lost two. Yeah. Richard Cockrell's Edinburgh played two, one two. Yeah. yeah. Well, don't. Doesn't it feel like they could do with a little bit of uh, Cockrell? Um, how how can I say? 
cockerel inspiration because that pack is so flat. So what, before we get into that, uh, as it was Phil's pick of the week, any anything, any other thoughts on Bath? Uh, well, a couple of things. So really impressed with their pack, as I've said. Their back row, um, Francois Lowe, uh, Falatau, and Matt Garvey, who is leading that team tremendously. Um, and also Rocco. So Rocco has been already one of the best players in the league and there's already calls for him to be in whatever uh, England squad Eddie Jones picks next. Mm-hmm. Where do you guys stand on this? Um, well, last week we were having the same discussion uh, about Dan Robson. Yeah. Saying it's, it's quite amazing. And yeah, when Marlon Yards gets repeatedly picked in Eddie Jones's England squad, there must be something that, that we can't see as as kind of rugby fans and we know a little bit but not 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 obviously not Eddie Jones he clearly knows more than we do because I don't understand it's not that obvious I, I don't understand Marlon Yard being in the England squad repeatedly and Rocco not so based on last season 100% agree uh, this this season so so far Yard has done everything right he's played good looked dangerous he's making yards he's scoring tries he's beating beating players so I've got no issue necessarily with Marlon Yard being in if there is an England squad called tomorrow. <laughs> what is that? Oh, is no, it? So, so it's me just checking oh. the Facebook live. Thank God, working. thank God, thank God. <laughs> Go on. Um, Rocco, though, last year I definitely would have had him. 100%. And this year I probably still would have him. I think I see what Eddie Jones... It sees as a weakness, though. You say so. What you're saying is, to paraphrase, you and Eddie Jones know know the same amount about rugby. That's what you're saying. No, definitely not. <laughs> but, well, do you know what? So I'll say it. I know equally as much. Um, <laughs> I, here's where I stand. I actually think some of these players look much different in different teams. And the guy has made me change my mind on this is Johnny May, because I could never understand for the life of me why Johnny May would get in an England team since going to Leicester. He's been bloody brilliant. He's the only thing good about yeah. all of Leicester. And yeah. that's, that's a very poorly performing Leicester as well. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. He's genuinely amazing. Now, I never really saw that in Gloucester. Maybe Gloucester fans will tell me differently. And you can assume that when Yard goes to England camp, it's the same sort of effect. Um, possibly, yeah. But it, um, to go back to Rocco, the, the thing that is missing, in my opinion, it is his defence. Mm. And I think his attack is wonderful, incredible. The, the tries he scored, the two tries he scored were sublime, particularly the first one. But Denny Solomon is in the England squad. Yeah, like, I, I, I'd, I'd have Rocco ahead of him. Give yeah, me, give his, me, tell me the logic there then. Well, you tell me if I'm wrong, but is this England squad not a hangover from the summer? Uh, or is it a brand new England squad? Well, no, it will always be a hangover from the last one. So yeah. there, there will always be, this was the last one, who's out and who's in. Yeah, so when the new one gets called in, I'd be amazed if, if, if Denny's still in there. Amazed. So so would I, to be honest. Um, yes. But he, he was. So there was the England squad for Argentina where he missed three tackles that cost two tries but then scored the wonder try that won the, the I can't remember if it was first or second test. Um, but the one after that, he was still included. But then he's had his late night drinking session with Manu. So yeah, I would be surprised if he was in. He's not exactly tearing up trees at the moment in the league. So... Well, that's that's the one silver lining for Denny. If he if he isn't involved in international rugby and he has the odd odd weekend off, Manu need, definitely needs some company about <laughs> oh. now. Poor Manu. Poor Manu. 
How did this happen? Well, we know how it happened, don't we? Oh, there's, I, I don't know. I've got no confirm, no other reason than just rumour, but apparently it's meant to have happened in the first minute of that yeah. game. I really? Heard, I heard the first few minutes, yeah. Imagine if it went off in the first few minutes. Imagine. Um, so we had a disagreement about this, didn't we, Tim? And I've been saying this since maybe the summer, that their biggest loss might well be Jack Roberts. Not because he's an amazing player, but because he was available. And now they are going to go with uh, Matt Smith, who is a good good player. But then after that, who is there? Well, Jack Roberts is, is an inside centre, mainly. Yeah, and but he's a very, still. And he's a solid club player, but I'm, I don't particularly want to dedicate any time on the podcast to... Jack Roberts, that's to, very hard. To a player like Jack Roberts. I do not want to talk no, about Jack Roberts. because there's so many incredible yeah. players and performances that we could talk about. We're talking and about a, is... an average squad no, member. No, 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 no. What no, we're talking about... What we're talking about is JB reaffirming the point that he made three months ago to prove that he was right. No, the, no, it is an important, important point that the Leicester first 15 are excellent. And then beneath that, the depth is not there. Yeah, oh, I agree with that. And this is why they won't make top four. Uh, also, they've got their first 15 out and they're still not winning. So what are they, they going to be like with their second 15? If you do a second 15 and you look at that back line, it's not, it's not particularly good. An amazing stat yeah. by uh, Alex Lowe, who also did a brilliant article in the Times this week about scrummaging, which we will get on to. Mm. He said, when, when Manu returns in December... See, Alex, Alex has got a faith that it'll be December. <laughs> when Manu returns in December, Leicester will have spent over £1 million on Tamua, on a Tamua Tuolangi partnership that will have played once in 14 months. Amazing. Ooh. Ouch. Ooh. Simply amazing. Yeah. Uh, so I always look at the example of, of the NFL where one of the most important things is are you fit enough to play are you healthy do you have a good record of injuries yep. it sounds like stupid for things like broken legs but actually you know like soft tissue damage tendons that sort of thing there is something in it some guys are just more injury prone than uh, than others well i was looking into like really injury prone uh, injury prone players and i'd forgotten how injury prone sam warburton was not so long ago he seems to have put that behind him doesn't he i don't yeah. think he has actually he he seems to have he seems to the difference is he times it right. Yeah, like Tom Croft. So, <laughs> yeah. well, Tom Croft going back a while. Well, no, he's on his four-year cycle now, isn't he? <laughs> next, next Lions next tour. Next Lions tour. Uh, yeah, he he does time it right now because he'd hardly played for Cardiff. I think I'm right in saying this. He played a bit in the Six Nations and then he hardly played again, and he was he had to actually get fit for the Lions. So he missed the first game and then started getting his match fitness back in the midweek games. Mm. Johnny Wilkinson is the is the yeah the the closest you can think of it 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 was just one thing after another with him in the way that it is with with Manu. Well, can I just go back to the example of Sam Warburton? Sam Warburton does play. He actually, he did play quite a bit for Cardiff last year, but traditionally he hasn't played that many games. And because he's on a central contract, he gets you know be- better looked after, be- um, uh, well rested. For the Lions and for Wales, it's worth it. But there is a bit of me that thinks if he retires say in three years time and his greatest club, club achievement is what exactly top six finish ridiculous <laughs> i mean i would love him to leave wales and go play for bath or someone well not bath or you know someone who's a real challenger for the european cup to see how good he is in the meat grinder of both well, the, the aviva or france and the european cup but he simply wouldn't last i think leicester if we should just have like a mercy rule on manu just like do you know what 
shoot him like a like <laughs> like a vet, like a vet would put up a screen. Um, no, like, just just say just say Manu. Just you need Eddie Jones to say Manu, mate. I, it's not going to happen this side of the World Cup. Get yourself off to Toulon. Um, drink whatever Johnny Wilkinson was drinking. The water was drink in the water down there. Go and get a Juan Smith. Go and get a bit of that in you. And come back after 2019 and we'll talk. Yeah, do you know, the lads in Toulon don't even get the opportunity to have physio twice a day. They, because the squad is so big and they have so few physios. They just don't, they simply just don't <laughs> employ any. I, I think, I think you might be right on Manu, Tim. And I think this is the straw that broke, it will be the straw that broke the camel's back for Leicester as well. I think when Manu's new contract is up, they will, they might say, the rumour has it it was 425k last time around. Uh, rumour has it Worcester wow. were willing to pay significantly yeah. more than that. So to Leicester, given that Leicester know his track record, how much they've spent on him for so little time, he would only now be worth, say, half that to them. And, and by the way, look at the bodies which have been left by the wayside. Uh, I mean, Manu Tuolangi not being available for the World Cup... It probably didn't help Stuart Lancaster tremendously. Yeah. It didn't help Richard Cockrell tremendously. Yeah. It didn't help, um, what's his face? Aaron Major. Aaron Major, Aaron Major that much. Yeah. Um, you know, the two fly halves have gone. Yeah, There's well, a lot of bodies been been, been, been left because he can't manage his own body. Or it's not particularly uh, robust, should I say. Don't forget the bodies from the 2011 World Cup when Manu jumped off a ferry. <laughs> <laughs> there was a load of, not, not only... The coaching staff, but playing staff never played for England again. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> By the way, I, the ferry thing, he's, complete, he's completely innocent. Yeah, completely yeah, Completely yeah. innocent. I love that. I do as well. <clears throat> yeah, agreed. That's, I want to hear about players doing that. Uh, interesting. I missed, um, speaking of that, in terms of stories, what, someone who made their premiership bow this weekend, Liam Williams, off the back of a, of a, of a Top Lions series. There was an article that I missed on him that I've just caught up with uh, over the weekend, mm. where... Well, it's just he seems like quite an interesting fella. So I didn't know he had a stammer. Did, all the best guys do, mate. <laughs> I didn't know that either. No, he, I didn't. Uh, Are you sure? About that? He, he, I've, yeah, I've never heard him speak. He, he hates doing television. Yeah, he wishes he could because he know it would be better for his profile. But actually, he says I just I just like rugby anyway, so that's not the not the problem. Basically, he said the one reason he'd like to sort his stammer out is so that he could be more uh, speak more on stuff so that he could get blag himself new Range Rovers like other rugby people do mm, <laughs> wise uh, he then but he, he says it was when he's moved to London now he said it was quite daunting because he's only ever lived in Swansea and he lived with his mum and dad and then moved to a house 300 yards up the road from his <laughs> mum and dad and now he's living in the bright lights of London bloody hell uh, this is kind of one of the reasons I think Welsh rugby doesn't work so well because I always thought about Barcelona Football Club when they were rubbish. And I thought, like, they're rubbish because the players go there and like, yeah, we've made it. There's nothing further to do here. I'm going to go, uh, go to the beach, get hammered and put in an average performance. And I always felt with Welsh rugby, once they made the Welsh team, that was basically, that was basically it. There was no more room for improvement and you were surrounded and you were treated, treated like a god. Everyone knows who you are. Exactly. Yeah. I think the best thing for Welsh players is to get out of Wales immediately and go and play in the Premiership and then come back when you know what it takes. He also said, I did, did you know about Liam Williams' tattoo? Nope. I had no idea about this. This was in this article as well. He has He has a name that he had tattooed on him. I feel I do know this. And it's the name of Stephen Shingler's mum. Did not know that. 
What? <laughs> there was a there was a, a holiday to Iron Apple with Stephen Shingler and a bunch of other boys, and some of the other the rest of the guys were having their girlfriends' names tattooed on their backsides, <laughs> <laughs> and he had Stephen Shingler's mum's name tattooed on him instead. I hope Stephen Shingler's <laughs> mum has got a really unique Welsh name like Alice or something. I can't remember. I've, I did write it down. I, I've um, I'll I'll get that anyway. I've, I've Yona. <laughs> Stephen Bid- Biddig, something like that. Yeah. So Biddig. which you can't. Oh no, it's someone else. <laughs> Liam Williams. Um, Mum's tattoo name. No, not that one. Not that search. <laughs> the third thing on the thing I just searched. The third item. It was two about this tattoo. The third thing was Schindler's List. <laughs> I don't know how. Schindler's. <laughs> That's what he has tattooed on his ass. <laughs> Uh, uh, were we talking rugby? What, yeah, what? yeah, we were talking about. But he's a he's a scaffolder, isn't he? he I'm is. trying to find the name of his of his mum. Anyway, it doesn't matter. He's yeah, Mrs. Right Shingler. Maybe I'll, I'll, get Mrs. Shingler. To, I'll get back yeah. to you. On, I'll get back to you. On. So that that's interesting because Jeanette I, Jeanette Shingler <laughs> Jeanette Shingler. He's got Jeanette on his back on his uh, on him. So that's got to be up there with the worst rugby players' tattoos, alongside the well the Banahan. Yeah, the Banahan, the Banahan brother, brothers brothers yeah, with the Spitfires. On most of its Mustangs and whatever, whatever else is on it. Yeah, I thought it was a cannonball. Maybe it isn't. Who knows? No, I think we we speculated that at one stage when we didn't know what it was. Yeah. So the two brothers have individual tattoos that put together make one scene. Skaysbrook, um is it Skaysbrook? with these stars on his Star- elbows? I hate stars and elbows. Him and Gareth Hock have the same same tattoo Ooh. artist. If you got anything in common with Gareth Hock, you got you've done something <laughs> wrong. Skaysbrook <laughs> uh, bought a. Painting off my missus once. Oh, really? Yeah. When we were living in Bath. Oh, there you go. Oh, he can't yeah. be that bad then. No, he's, he's obviously got some taste, artistically. Then uh, Cubby Boy has to be one of the worst tattoos. Yeah, that's quite impressive, isn't it? <laughs> and again, that was done on a island holiday. Or for, any, for, anyone that doesn't know, just, mm. for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, James Davis, yeah. uh, JD's brother... Not JD2, just JD. We call now. him JD now. After uh, the Lions. His brother and Olympic silver medalist. Yep. Uh, and Scarlet's back row has got Cubby, C U B Y. Oh, no, C U B B Y. Across all of his right hand and the first <laughs> knuckle of his left hand. It's unreal. B O I on his left. <laughs> Fair enough. Excuse me. Wow. There must be some other bad ones as well. Yeah, let us know if we yeah. uh, worst rugby tattoos that you you can see, or just notable rugby tattoos uh, at Rugby Podcast on Twitter, Facebook as well. Oh, I, I do know that um, Marler was called Fish in Harlequins because he's got a massive koi carp on his arm. Koi carp, nice, yeah. interesting, lovely. Right. Uh, well, while we're talking about um, just kind of, uh, well, no, it's not the same. It's not the same. I was trying to do a really smooth segue, but I'm not going to be able to. I was going to do something about grooming, but it's not about grooming. All I'm going to say is... What? Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. We, we, <clears throat> I'm going to just do two bits of orders, two bits of business. One, we're really, once again, very sorry about last week. As you can see, we're all here, present and correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're on it. Um, secondly, it's the fact that you two are going to Philadelphia next week. Oh. So we're going to have some very, very special podcast content. Can't wait. And thirdly, get yourself a Cornerstone Razor. Exactly. You can get yourself an absolute bargain on this. Now, we go on about it. Uh, if you want to try it and see what we're talking about, 
then you have an amazing deal. So at Cornerstone, in our opinion, best razors on the market bar none. It's a mail order razor, comes in a beautiful presentation box. You can get a free aluminium shaft engraved with your initials. You can get six razors for four quid. All of that delivered to you with no obligation to continue, but we think you'll love it so much that you will want to continue. But that is your choice and your call. But a free aluminium shaft, six razors, four quid to give it a go. All you need to do is go to cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers, cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers, or egg10 at checkout. JB, highlight of the week from you then? Uh, has to be the resurgent Northampton. Yes, I suppose it's segueing on from Leicester's issues. Of yeah. which there are a number. Um, yeah. We spoke about Leicester's issues. Let's talk about the positives from Northampton from this week. It was it was amazing. It was such an amazing comeback. And it raises so many questions for me. Are Bath really, really good? Are Leicester really, really terrible? And are Northampton nowhere near as bad as we thought they were? I, I think all of those, to a degree, are probably correct. Now, JB, JB and I were completely waxing lyrical about the Avicii Premiership last week. I think rightly so. Mm-hmm. It was an amazing first weekend. I do think we have to temper that slightly in terms of the overall quality because, as you say, we don't quite know yet. And we did say, let's wait six weeks and see how these law variations are going. Let's wait six weeks and see where we think it's at. But it was a very, very different weekend this weekend. There was some very average performances by comparison. There, there was from both teams and individuals i mean the the points per team dropped from more than 30 which is quite remarkable mm. to less than 20 I, which I, is probably back to where it normally is but it could just be a matchup thing you know you could mm. have the worst teams playing against some of the best teams scoring a load of points like the sale wasps game and then the best team kind of switching off and getting a load of rubbish tries at the end in terms of positive you know? in terms of positive things uh, we've always known Courtney, Courtney Laws is a destructive defensive player. Mm-hmm. He's a proper ball carrier now. Yeah, he's quality. Yeah. He's all round quality. He was busting holes in that Leicester defence. And, and <clears> you, know, <throat> you know, credit where it's due, Hartley played really well. I mean, he played like an actual leader. I don't know if that's because he's got the Northampton captaincy back this year, uh, but he looked absolutely brilliant. Well, they definitely looked like. It was definitely the sort of reaction, if you were a Northampton fan mm. and you went to Twickenham and watched that and then you went to Franklin's Gardens, you would be expecting some kind of reaction and they came out like they knew how bad they'd been. Yeah. And so fair play on that front. They um, uh, And Dylan Hartley after the game said, you know, we um, we demanded a reaction. We shouldn't have had to have been in the situation of needing to give a reaction. But and I agree. He was also Rob Horn. And um, Rob Horn into the side made a big difference. George, yeah. George North, in fairness to George him. North yeah. made a big difference. Yeah. L- Luther Burrell had a great game. Big Luth. And those three are quite big backs, and their ball carrying was really impressive. Mm. And I, I do think Leicester was soft. We've said it before, Leicester was soft defensively right across the line. But Northampton's big ball carriers were punching holes consistently, consistently making yards. Now, the biggest surprise for me is George North, because... Through the grapevine, I've heard lots of negative things about how he's enjoying it at Northampton, how he's training. Last week, he was at Sale Jets uh, playing uh, playing there uh, as allegedly a punishment. I mean, this is... Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this is pure speculation and rumour. So, for him to come back and play so well, 
is quite impressive, actually, particularly after he, after they sent him off to Haywood Road for a quick game. Well, yeah, a trip to Sale, especially to face the Jets, is is a real punishment. So it's, <laughs> it's obviously taking his medicine there. Yeah, he played, played against, uh, I think he's on the opposite wing to an 18-year-old, and on the other wing was Josh Charnley. <laughs> so, yeah, if you were lucky enough last week, you could have gone to Sale Jets and watched George North, Peter Horn, uh, what's Cobus Ryan? Rob Horn. Co- yeah, Cobus Reinach. Reinach. Uh, South yeah. African international scrum half. They took an absolutely stacked side, and on sale, on sale, jet sailing, they had a few eighteen-year-olds. <laughs> uh, um, was it? Is it Dominic Ryan? I've just brain farted the Leicester Six. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. Dominic right. Ryan. Yes. Dominic. Uh, anyone else think that um, he should have had a HIA in this one? It was. It was another one of those scenarios where he looked like he was out on contact. So I've only seen it the highlights, like... and th- this wasn't shown. So you were there at the game, Tim. I've heard some interesting stuff about uh, the concussion protocol, particularly Leicester's. Apparently, it's hard. Uh, it's quite hard for Leicester to check. Something to do with where the medical room is. Well, look, because this was at Franklin's Gardens, wasn't it? Oh yeah, so it doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, good point. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I guess if the law says he should come off, he should come off, and th- that'll be that. So he didn't. So Tim, talk us through what actually happened. Oh, so he was doing a covering tackle on George North. Uh, got his head the wrong side, so it was rather than his head being behind George North on his backside, okay. it was in front on his hip as George North's leg was on the rise, and he slid off and slid into touch. His arms were down by his side. He looked like he looked. He had again. I'm being careful what I say because I'm not. Yeah. He looked like he may have been out momentarily and then behaved in a way that looked like a concussed man may behave now if you think that i think the chances are that's probably exactly what happened because i don't understand how you'd have additional training to spot these symptoms yeah so uh, this kind of stuff has has to has to stop so they're, they're continually adapting the protocol to try and ensure that this never happens but it is still happening so Something else needs to be done. Mm. Well, the, the, if the t- if the television match official has it in their jurisdiction to sort of say, ref, I think you should have a look at this. Yeah. Then I don't know whether they do well, or not. I assume they have that in or their even, armory, or even one of the producers or someone. Because I don't like you're just saying to him. I don't think it's like all of us know what concussion symptoms look like. Yeah, we. All of us, and virtually everyone, because Twitter always blows up when it happens. Just watch Twitter, you'll yeah, soon find out. Yeah, but there's so many people who are who know enough to make that call, but it's still not happening. That We've got to have an extra layer. There's got to be some, no, someone else involved. It just needs to be enforced properly, because they've already got a layer. They've already got doctors. I mean, we can't have yeah. doctors watching doctors and then... People regulating the doctors who are watching the doctors. <laughs> the, the problem is that the doctors aren't getting the... They're clearly not getting the camera angles to have the information. Yeah. That, that's obviously the problem. So whether the actual... Terrible Wi-Fi is not connecting to, 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 to their uh, <laughs> iPad. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that is actually... Yeah, an issue. yeah. That, it might be. But whatever's happening, it's not catching it. So whether it is just the doctors get uh, their own control of all the camera angles... Or there's another person. I think looking you're looking at, at this through the wrong end of the telescope. Why? Well, because the problem with concussions, it looks bad for the game, and also it's detrimental to players. But let's just go with the aspect that I'm talking about. It looks bad, bad, bad for the game. If a player is concussed, the protocol should be it doesn't go back on the TV screens. 
because then Twitter can't complain <laughs> and we can all move on happily. <laughs> In any case, uh, the medical uh, teams or physios or whatever spoke with the player and the Leicester said that uh, he was winded. Makes sense. And, and uh, There again, Neil, if you were winded, Tim, and this is a serious point. I've been winded many times. It's if, horrible. If you're it's winded, horrible. It is and, horrible. Like you had a knock to the head and you got winded horribly and you were trying to get up. And me and Phil were watching. We'd probably say you were concussed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, if you twist your angle, you're trying to get, oh, ooh, he's, he's walking a bit funny. <laughs> you know, and, and we'd, maybe we're just looking at things. If walking funny much. was the criteria for going off for an HIA, Liam Williams wouldn't play rugby. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read that in his interview about his legs? Uh, yeah, he, he said... Oh, it sounds horrible. He said that he went to a specialist about getting them straightened. Mm. And they said it would they'd need to be broken... But the risk was he might never be able to play rugby again. So, um, funnily be... enough, he said, you're all right. I'll yeah. leave it, thanks. And it, it, by the way, how good would he be with normal legs? I mean, is that <laughs> well, is, he, is the implication that he'd be better? Well, because he's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not sure. It might be an advantage. There might be people now taking the risk to break, break their, their legs. legs and bend them in the wrong <laughs> way. Yeah, and the risk is you can <laughs> only just play not rugby. not eat vitamin C. <laughs> Get me a bit of that scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> Let me sit on a horse for, for for the whole of my summer holiday. That'll be pre-seasonal, just be uh, putting wingers on horses. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, well done, Northampton. Well done, Northampton. Very Great good. Great reaction. And Very good. I suppose it does go to show that anyone can beat anyone. Yeah, just, just on the players um, potentially being called up by England, um, I know we spoke about wingers and there are a lot in contention because... Mm-hmm. Daly, Noel, Watson, I think undoubtedly, then Johnny May. And you're kind of fighting for fifth place, which Rocco, Yard. But just another name to put in that hat, Ollie Woodburn. Yes, absolutely. Damn right. I, I think he is class. He's getting better and better as well, isn't he? Yeah, and, and something that he has in abundance is his work rate. Yeah. His work rate is brilliant. Yeah, he's one of those players that kind of makes his own luck. So he got very lucky last week, didn't he, when he ripped that ball? Yeah. But actually, that wasn't lu- uh, that wasn't lucky. He's just in those situations so often. Yeah, yeah. Because he works so hard, and eventually one comes off. Yeah. Bath, Bath could have Rocco and Woodburn still. If they, and if and they Devoto. And the, well, yeah. Yeah, they could do, Which, but they're doing all right at the moment. They are, that's for sure. Uh, did anyone see the Exeter game? Again, extended highlights. Uh, it just looked like Exeter being Exeter, to be honest. Right, well, can, Dom- can, Yeah, dominant pack. Yeah. Backs... Clinical when they needed Training to Training ground move for the first try. Lovely. Line yeah, out we... line out off the top. Fly half Steenson. Miss one inside. Sam Simmons on the charge. Outside ball to Henry Slade. Beautiful stuff. Yeah. Loved mm. it. That was lovely. Yeah, it was Exeter being Exeter. Very clinical uh, pack. Um, Don Armand, again, another one. Put, oh, put yeah. his hand up for England. Scored two tries. Just so many big physical forwards and clinical such, skillful backs such a well-built team yeah yeah absolutely well-built professional and built by an expert too like a master builder <laughs> um we can maybe well i'll just very briefly get into one other game then then, I, then i'm just going to take us to rugby championship we can return to some domestic rugby pro 14 Go for it. but uh i just want to play a highlight from Sale Sharks versus Newcastle Falcons. What have you found one? Full time. That was the, the highlight of that game. <laughs> Wee! Lads, 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 possibly the possibly the least entertaining <laughs> game 
there's been I can remember well, especially uh, what what's so annoying is it start it kicked off a brand new weekend yeah. having us oh. wha- after we'd waxed lyrical the greatest domestic yep. competition in the world so there were interesting <laughs> parts about this I think uh, but more like more like the negative storylines in a soap opera interesting okay like come kneeled uh, I mean did you hear what Steve Diamond said about come kneeled Mate, Before half time, I was the one holding. Well, yes. Jeez, yes. I mean that is harsh. So twenty minutes into the game, um, the lineouts weren't going well for Sale Sharks. No. And Ali Eakin was the commentator, and he did a little quick chat with Steve Diamond, who was watching from the stands. And how, how was it? Was it? How can you remember what he said? JP? Yeah, he basically said, um, "If he does that again, he'll be coming off." He had an HIA shortly after. Um, and then well, it, was a bl- it was a stitch in his head actually yep. so oh yes it was because he was but he's bleeding for some time yeah. then they decided he needed the stitch yeah. um, then Steve Diamond finished with um, well ha- ha- hasn't happened to us for years conveniently washed his hands of the entire situation <laughs> completely ignoring the fact that Bryn Evans wasn't available who's the line-out captain um, I think you've mentioned that they've got some deficiencies in, in, their, in their pack from players who were previously very good and the calls were horrible too uh, just from a line-out p- point of view if your hooker's struggling, don't go to the front because guess where they're going to go? The front. The defence know you're going to the front. If you if they're not struggling and you've got a professional player, throw it to the back. Yeah, Camille didn't have a didn't have a great time, but Mark Jones when he came on also wasn't exactly. that great. And I would say we were talking about people putting their hands up for for England selection. The guy, Josh Beaumont. Where is he? I know. Well, it's 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 a bit worrying how. Where he's at compared to where he was two years ago. Well, do you know, I, I think it's about him. When he makes the most impact, it's when he's got ball in hand. And he makes impact because he's so unusual. unusual, And the way he runs is just so unorthodox. When you're asking him to be like a Joe Launchbury, it's not going to happen because Joe Launchbury's so much better than him at being Joe, Joe Launchbury. He's got to play to his strengths. And his strengths aren't standing at, standing at lock. They're playing at eight. He just is playing at lock because he, he looks like one. But, well, he's not. Yeah, that was evident. And the the line out, they missed, they failed with ten line outs. It was abysmal. Ten line outs. Well, they had unbelievable. Eight. They failed on eight before. Well, within forty minutes. Ugh. So it tells you everything. And when John O'Ross, poor old John O'Ross, had to throw into the line, had no idea what what was going on. <laughs> um, well, they, that was that was a weird thing. So they were. What was the situation? They were. Were they seven points up? No, they were four points up or six points. They were six points up, sorry. Mm-hmm. Sale was six points up with a penalty in a difficult but still kickable position with their hooker in the sim bin. So no one to throw into a line out. And they went for the and corner. And they kicked for the corner. Ooh. Yes, they did, didn't they? You're right. And they went for the front man. They went for the front man option. Yeah. It just. I... And, yeah, it, well, there's so much, go- uh, so much going on here. First of all, it feels like the team has been picked as if someone's playing championship manager, right? They're just swapping <laughs> swapping cards of like big name players. Like, yeah, he'll fit in, he'll fit in. Bearing in mind that this is a really detailed, you know, a re- really detailed way of attacking that they play. Faf the Clerk is playing a different game to everyone else. Regardless of what anyone else did, he was class. The problem is he's playing a different game to AJ McGinty. AJ McGinty's more confused by Faf de Klerk than the Newcastle defence. Yeah, Newcastle defence can't read him. But no. neither can his own team. He shouldn't play, right, until the rest of the team are good enough 
or Sale have sufficiently dunged him down that he can <laughs> that he can play for Sale. And so at point point, play Wilcliffe because he's better suited to that system. Faf de Klerk is an amazing, amazing talent though. But everyone needs to be tuned in to exactly what he does. Yeah, and which they're clearly not. And let's not just talk about Sale. Takalua was awesome. Yep. Takalua was awesome, definitely. The guts of that Newcastle team to dig in for that long. I mean it was a horrible game. Yeah, can I just make but this, they this dug point about, in. about Newcastle? Newcastle have um Recruited. One of the one, another one of the worst kits uh, in the Premiership. That changed so, kit, so bad, disgusting, so bad. It's not even got a sponsor. So I reckon they went around like all the big, <laughs> um, big firms in the in the northeast, whoever they are, and because um, they have a main shirt sponsor for their home kit. Yeah, yeah, and I reckon they mocked up the shirt and they went, "Why is it on the training kit?" And I like, oh, no, no, this is actual kit. Like yeah. absolutely no. Shirt. No, because they've got a shirt <laughs> no. sponsor. I think the shirt sponsor said, "No, I'd rather not be on that shirt." So we'll just be on the black one. Maybe they games. paid him money not to put it on the shirt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I suspect has happened. Genius <laughs> little market ploy there from Newcastle. Yeah, because the only other team that did this was Barcelona in uh, in in their pomp. Two Barcelona mentions today. Um, well, Newcastle Falcons away shirt isn't the Barcelona home shirt, so it's just it's it's a horrendous piece of kit. It is. But the thing about Newcastle is they have recruited. At least as well as well as Sale, if not maybe better in in some respects. Well, we haven't seen their signings yet. Well, yeah, and I wonder if there's something to be taken from that, which is continuity and evolution is better than just this revolution. You said it. You, you said it last week, and I think it's a really interesting point. That said, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Toby Flood, DTH, yeah, and Co. Mm. Yeah, and Mimo- uh, Maxime Mamot. Yeah, and one last thing on on Sale. The spine of that team has complete is completely changed from what finished last year. Think about how important these 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 positions are: hooker, eight, scrum scrum half. Yeah, completely different, and it's no wonder what happened on Friday happened. Agreed. Uh, they've got work to do. Someone <laughs> that's now made himself a household name with a lot of rugby fans. Fantastic Tongan back, sorry, New Zealand back row player. Fafita. Via Fafita. Via Fafita. Yeah, it was quite impressive, wasn't it? Uh, quite impressive. Quite yeah, impressive. it's reasonable. It's good. <laughs> Very good. What a way to like fully announce yourself. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I've never heard of the guy. Keynes, exactly. my beloved Keynes. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Lockor, back row. He he gassed a winger. Yeah. Like, didn't didn't just run through him, stepped and ran around him. Doesn't this happen quite often to wingers, though? And what I mean by that is, wingers are fast... But they also have rapid acceleration, whereas second rowers can be really fast, like it's much faster than blind, blind side. But they, yeah, but yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, yeah, but he's a big. He was like six four or something. He's a six, big old boy. Six, 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 seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, he, he he has played second row for the Canes. Basically, tall men, right? Yeah, can run even faster on occasions, but they don't have the rapid acceleration. Yeah. So when they, you, you quite, you, you do see it surprisingly often, like Tom Croft galloping down, down yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. There, there's really some really interesting stats on the weight of New Zealand internationals Go on. Uh, from 2012 to now and over that five-year period just how they've they've strategically increased weights and they now have um, steve hansen talks about players in weight like categories they need to be this weight um so locks steve hansen said our locks are 119 and to 119 or 120 kgs he's like that specific uh, he, Why? Said, he said Scott Barrett is a little lighter than that, but he'll, he'll end up being that weight. It's a big ask at scrum time in an international scrum to be that light. Fafita's weight, uh, Fafita is 113 kilos. This is why he's saying Fafita is not a lock and he won't be a lock. 
because mm. he's 113 kgs and that's too light and um wow. you'll never say he'll never go there but we want him um, we want him first and foremost as a loose forward well that's interesting because <clears throat> when i was up in glasgow i was looking at their their boards like you know the stuff they do and they do like speed day they do um you know strength day so on and so forth they actually do a bulking day just to get bigger well yeah i'm surprised they just have it as one day no but, I, no, but, no uh, sorry not a day sorry but like there's charts so work out one for strength pow- one for oh, power right, then, okay so i said day i don't yeah. know if it's daily or like weekly or what hypertrophy and mass day so. yeah and i was like well why do you want to do that well just want to get bigger rd yeah. surveyor was 95 kgs when he first toured with the all blacks he's now 103 but he's working to get to 106 um, and they say, they explain, it's not size for size sake. Kane, Surveyor, Coles and Retallick in the pack have all increased their weight without losing any mobility, speed or endurance. So they're working. That sounds impossible. They're working. Well, they're doing not, it. They're, yeah, not They're working with every athlete to find a sweet spot where they can upsize without compromising their ability to do their core role, which is why they've, they've obviously a lot of science going into this going, yeah, you cannot do the core role of a lock. At 113 kgs, you need to be 120, and you cannot perform the core roles of a blindside if you're as big as 120 kgs. Do you know what? this sounds dangerously prescriptive to me? But yeah, you know, if what they say is true, I suppose they've got so many players for, to pick from. Yeah, can... for certain positions, I'm I'm, I'm thinking more um, tight five forwards. Mm. I think for those positions, just because of the importance of the scrum, or certainly the historic importance of the scrum. If we come on to your point slightly later, Tim. Um, I think they can't, and I, I'm not seeing from. If you look at their back line, for example, they had probably one of the lightest back threes that New Zealand have fielded yeah, right. in years and years and years. They had Dag, Milner, Scudder, who are not big men, nope. and Damian McKenzie, who is about 78, 78 kg. D Mac not kicking, by the way, yep. because he has a, a strain in his leg. He will be kicking because Bowden Barrett, Steve Hansen's. I, I actually quite like how honest he is. He said. Bowden Barrett, the thing is, he'll, he'll nail them all or he'll miss three or four. Yeah. And he just had a bad day at the office uh, against Argentina again. Yeah, he... Well, he was 100% missed. Yeah. Oh, my word. Took three miss. miss That's three. amazing that he doesn't... I mean, he must practice. So, But he mustn't practice that hard. So he took three, missed three. They, they were tough kicks. So the first three tries from out wide. He then got yellow carded. So he's having a real bad day in the office. Then Sopoanga came on for Dag... And uh, after that, Bowden Barrett wasn't kicking. Sapuanga was. He was slotting them. He missed one or two, but slotted several. And Bowden Barrett scores a, a nice try late on. So you're still getting the the benefit of Bowden Barrett, but it's better if you've got another kicker on the. And park. Steve Hansen has all, already named his scrum half for the South Africa game. He said, "No, it's going to be Aaron Smith because he speeds the game up loads. We need it to be quicker." Interesting. I thought it was quite interesting that Argentina. We we talk about there being them. Uh, champagne playboys from south america they played a very very old school argentina loads of box kicking getting up in your face and it rattled new zealand it was only in the last 10 minutes where they yeah new zealand actually won the game they were behind yeah they were they were behind until 15 and by the way the argentines were so aggressive i mean just before they broke uh i think it's dmac in the corner actually who um who, who got a try just the physicality in defence was immense uh, on the, on, uh, on their own try line. 
It's a little bit like Wales, you know, that uh, four-minute stint, except they lasted a lot shorter period <laughs> and they conceded. <laughs> but it was, it was that sort of physicality. It was really impressive. It was. It was a bit. It reminded me of the Argentina win against France in that World Cup opener. Was it two thousand seven? When they just kicked it in the air. They just, yeah, they just love that. Juan Martin Hernandez non-stop. I'm surprised he didn't ban that tactic after that because it's like <laughs> it's like asymmet- uh, what do you call it asymmetric warfare where you use something which no one else expects and you know, get great benefit well, from something else. They have evolved their game a little bit, but a few years ago people would have said, "Well, no, Mark McCall was watching that day and uh, just planning his blueprint for his coaching." Uh, that's there was interesting. a time where Saracens were just kicking it constantly up and under, weren't they? Mm. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say, one complaint I've got to New Zealand, uh, they're, they're still playing awful songs at their stadiums. <laughs> Party Rock Anthem is still relevant in New Zealand. Apparently. I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you missed the, the big news out of Argentina, the Argentina, out of New Zealand this week. Go on. Uh, oh, yes. stupid report. <laughs> oh, go on, JB. Let rip on this. Well, you tell me what you think first, Tim. So the report is. How would you go and summarise the report? Um, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? It's quite hard to summarise. I mean, what is it? I mean, what is this report? It's something to do with respect and values and buzzwords. It, it's to do with buzzwords and <laughs> good buzzwords in sports. So it's conducted by the great and the good. Um, they've assembled the panel now. Fundamentally, this has come about because Aaron Smith likes women. This is horrendous. <laughs> Aaron Smith likes yeah. women. I mean, how dare he? Yeah, of course he's married or got a partner or something. But how dare he like women? And furthermore, <laughs> how dare New Zealand rugby players, uh, men, enjoy the company of, of women? And they drink. And apparently in some of the... yeah, One of the things was uh, a reliance on recreational drugs. So that's when it clicked that this isn't just an All Blacks thing. This is going all the way through New Zealand, um, New Zealand rugby. Uh, the panel was, this is amazing, the panel consisted of two men who played rugby and then seven women, which... That's irrelevant, I don't see... Is it hell? It's not irrelevant. JV, it is, I don't see gender. Yeah, it I is just... not irrelevant. It is not irrelevant. One of us is a bloody paddleboarder you know, at the end of her bio <laughs> and does paddleboarding because this is relevant, massively relevant. How would they possibly know what goes on inside a rugby, um, a rugby change room? It's obscene. It's absurd. Um, so, so the findings were that there's a cultural issue within New Zealand sport generally and in the All Blacks. Of entitlement. Of, of entitlement, as Al- you say. Alcoholism. Alcoholism and sexism. Sexism, yeah. But, no, yes, but, but the of sexism course there is, is. Like, if you describe it as a, as a sex as doing sex look <laughs> because that's what they, yeah. that's what he did but like that's so obvious if you get a group of 15 15 lads in a change room shut the door and then provide them with crates of ale yeah they're going to be relying on ale and they're going to talk well, about women well, that's this is, what they do well this is what I would say about this it makes is, you so angry is actually oh that's what I said the, the match, re- no 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 no. the no, report no. could be I've about a... any group of any males yes. anywhere on earth building sites have a macho culture really really <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, that's what they said they used the word macho culture just bear this in mind what you're asking these guys to do is hit other people with their shoulders. You, you, Derek in accounts doesn't do this because Derek in accounts is a beta male. It's a very, very specific thing which if you're asking I the players to do. Like an international rugby player, but even club rugby, even like lower down. It's no, no. So... But I'm saying if I if I look like Sonny Bill Williams, oh my man, word! Can you imagine being be him for a day? Yeah. And do you know why they've got a sense of, sense of entitlement? Because they're entitled. So it's Sonny Bill Williams. <laughs> <laughs> He's acting naturally. It's like tigers are aggressive. Yeah, they are. That, that's what they do. Um, oh, 
<laughs> it's such a stupid report by stupid people. And <sighs> and do you know what the worst thing is? The conclusion just reads like it's some um, nonsense social science paper at, at the end of it. You, well, shall I read off the list of things that oh are, that please are, do that are going to be addressed? That, oh, I can't wait. These are are going to be addressed. Inclusive leadership, <sighs> developing people, nurturing well-being. Go on. Gender gender equity. <laughs> uh, how? For, how for, can you get? I mean, you can't even split a, a rugby team 50-50. For men and women. Y- y- you <laughs> yeah. couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. Uh, proactive engagement. Of what? Scr- scrums, maybe? <laughs> scrums. Of things? Uh, and being accountable and independent. Right. Okay. <laughs> so what they haven't done, and this is a serious point now, they've not looked at the social... Um, socio-economic backgrounds of all these players which they just tag, tag, tag labels onto. They also don't ask the question like, well, what would these individuals be doing if they weren't playing rugby? Would it be more constructive? Would it be less constructive? Does rugby maybe promote those those um, qualities naturally anyway? They don't ask any of these things. They just they just talk nonsense because one is a paddle boarder, one works in HR, one is, one is the council um, head of, you know, what was it, uh, New Zealand legal stuff. It's just a pointless, pointless, awful report. It's it's a good point, but from so from the news articles, which are only focusing on the negatives, we don't actually know what else is in there. But from what we've seen, it doesn't talk about any. Uh, of I, the think, positive I, th- I think I think there was a bit from a, a, the the woman in the cubicle said Aaron Smith was a great lover. <laughs> <laughs> very, very. Yeah, I mean, she's not whinging that he's not macho enough. If anything, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good point that. Uh, the number of benefits, and it always comes back to this, like the Alison Pollock thing. Oh. If you you take away rugby, you also take away all of the benefits that, for the individuals and the teams and the wider community that rugby brings. And for what they so many yeah. people, and what these people hate the most, they hate that rugby does create this macho culture, which in their mind is intrinsically negative. But actually, it does pr- produce good things: leadership, bravery, courage, those sort of discipline. things. Discipline, discipline, things which respect. T- team, yeah, respect, yeah. teamwork. Things which these idiots uh, just will never understand because they don't play the game. You know, if you don't play an organised sport, you don't or, um, you don't appreciate these things. Yes, we like to ma- get naked. Yes, we like to drink. Yes, yes, we get up to mischief. Let the boys play. Let the boys play. on that one about unintended consequences let let the women judge that's what i say (laughs) a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. On the, on the f- un- unintended consequences and, uh, and things like that, let's, let's just jump, because you kind of touched upon it a little bit there, Phil. Let's, let's t- jump into the, 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 the law variations at the scrum and the potential impact that they're having on the rugby. I'm not especially happy um, at the amount, the lack of scrum penalties when teams are dominant, the lack of contest. They brought in law variations to make you have to hook and have to put the ball in 
straight and those aren't happening. Now, if one team is dominant, quite often it will collapse after the ball's been hooked and then the ref will just say, play on, play on. I think it's nullifying the impact that that props can have. And the problem with it is, and I, I actually reckon, and just from what you said earlier, JB, I reckon you'll be with me on this. One of the great things about rugby that everyone loves is it always has been traditionally for all sizes and shapes. Mm. And you, you're going to start losing that. 100%, mate, 100%. Um, Eddie Jones put it very well. He said, the difference between rugby union and rugby league is in rugby league, they've removed all competition for the ball or all contests for the ball, I think he, I think he said. So scrummaging, line-outs, that sort of thing. Rooking. Rooking. Yeah, all, all gone. Except for maybe the one-man rip, and that's it. Yeah, that's the only opportunity. And that is, if you watch rugby league, that is very, very rare. Yeah. Because it's all twos-up tackles. Exactly. Um, so I, I'm not mass, a massive fan of these scrum variations i understand people don't want to watch scrummaging but there again i understand that people need educating as well if you don't like scrummaging maybe this is it uh, isn't the game for you and we can't necessarily spread it to everyone i mean rugby league has, has tried to spread it to everyone and simultaneously spread it to no one now that might be because their organization is rubbish or you know it could be something else i i, I don't know it doesn't feel like the right way to me L- let me read you the definition of a scrum in the world rugby's own definition the scrum is a method of restarting the game that involves a competition for possession between the two front rows who can hook for the ball when it is thrown down the middle of the tunnel mm-hmm. okay there you go done read that again the scrum is a method of restarting the game that involves a competition for possession between the two front rows who can hook for the ball when it's thrown down the middle of the tunnel mm. And now it's no longer thrown, or it no longer has to be thrown down. It can the be rolled. What, well, but no, it's it's, it's meant to it's be. No, still... no, no. They've said what, what the new law is. Sorry, Phil. Didn't mean to talk over you. So the new law is the the scrum half can stand towards their own team, but they must put the ball in straight. Yeah. To avoid it being chucked straight into the second row's feet, and it must be hooked. That's not happening. Yeah. Neither of them are happening, and they're not being penalised. Yep. And then the, the 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 I understand the issue of once the ball's been hooked and won. Then if it collapses, just let the ball get get out. I do get that. However, it means the unintended consequence can be if you're getting pumped at the scrum, collapse it, and you won't get penalised. What would happen? And this is just me thinking now. This is going to sound ridiculous. It is. Let the packs engage. All right. Let the packs engage. Let the packs engage. Roll the ball in, okay. But hang on. But only one side is allowed to strike for it. Well, you, you, it's almost in that position anyway because so the scrum half can now align his left shoulder with the centre of the scrum. So he's feeding it to his hooker's feet and the opposition's hooker, unless he's unbelievably flexible, won't have legs long enough to yeah. to reach the ball. So you're, almost, actually, so you're now I, almost in that position anyway. What would happen as well if you just put the ball on the floor and form the scrum over the ball? <laughs> um, well... So Hook! If, <laughs> and then all then all hell just breaks loose. And everyone just swiping yeah, yeah. for so it. So you put you, you form the scrum over the ball, get yeah. rid of the scrum off completely. And then the referee <laughs> so you you set bind what what whatever it is. Like a tug of war. Right, yeah, go. Yeah. So so yeah, so you you're ready to go. Then the ref just blows his whistle, go and then the ball they've, they've both got a hook. <laughs> yeah. That could be that actually sounds fairly reasonable. <laughs> it would it, it would stop the crooked feed and you both hook for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see some trials and see how. Well, the ref just oh. the, the ref puts the ball in straight. 
No, 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 anyway, no, no. I, I just, no. You, like you put it on, put, put it on the floor. The ref lets him engage and tussle <laughs> for a bit. Like, Hook, and then, <laughs> and then goes for it. I like that idea. So I, I understand your concerns here, Tim, because there is. I so, don't want to see reset scrum after reset scrum. So I no. know it sounds like a yin to the yang, but but if it's not refereed correctly, then you you completely depower the scrum. Yeah, and and any team that gets a shove on. The opposition just collapses it. Throwing the balls at the the eight's feet is play on. What was the um, tight head call today for Worcester Blackfella? Uh, by by oh, I can't remember the chap's name. Either. Anyway, it's only second game. Yeah, the point I'm trying to make. It was glorious watching him being folded in two. Yeah, I, I it was. loved it. I loved it. There were scrum penalties in that, but there's been hardly yeah, any. Yeah. So, well, that that's probably my point. That if it's refereed incorrectly, then teams can basically cheat and get away with it. Mm. If it's refereed correctly, and if the eight's holding at his feet, but it's going nowhere and it collapses, just play on. But if the eight's holding at his feet and the scrum is marching forward mm. and it collapses, then it's a penalty. And yeah, it's still by a penalty. Allo, by the way. The yes, Allo, massive man, huge, isn't he? Um, he, put, he put in a few very nice hits as well. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to say: 143 as well, kgs. He looks it as well. 143 Ooh. kgs. Amazing Ooh. what um, Cooper wow. Wally was doing to him. No, Sai si McIntyre. Sai si McIntyre. Yeah. yeah. How, How many of Bayi Allo can you deadlift, Phil? Uh, one and a half. One and a half of him. A bit more than one and a half. Wow. One, one and three quarters. Well, if you ever meet him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what was what was I going to say about oh yeah so regarding scrums one thing I do like I do like the law of variation meaning you can just take it out of the second row's feet, feet. Yeah, I, that, yeah. that's good yeah. so I think if it is your ball you should get more, if you win the ball or if it's kind of on your side you should have as much flexibility to do with it, whatever you want with it as possible whether that be holding it at the eight's feet or you know yeah. and, and, um, anything as long as that initial contest is still there it is a mind. little bit of a slippery slope. And like in the past, I've said, oh, we've got to be really careful about this um, what's it, duty of care thing because you're going to take away some of the stuff we love to see, which is massive collisions. Maybe that, it, it, I think it has gone a little bit that way, but it's, it's not, it, it isn't as maybe as far as, as I had feared. Yeah. However, scrummaging, it will, if you're not careful, 10, 20 years' time, it could look much more like rugby. Oh, well, it's, it's not. It's not going to exist in ten, twenty years' time. I mean, uh, the the review panels in New Zealand rugby will make sure it doesn't bloody <laughs> exist. In it's too much. But then we're going to get. But, then we're going to get fifteen six yeah, foot one. We're basically get fifteen George Norths. Yeah, and not only that. So the scrum is important to keep it powerful because it effectively knackers people out, and when people are knackered, they can't defend. Right. So that is why it's important. You're right. You'll end up with. Worse, worse than uh, 15 George North. That's a, that's the good side of it. You might end up with 15 Joe Worsleys. And that isn't a joke because... And Joe Worsley, wonderful player. But why wouldn't you put like eight of them in, in, in your pack? He's yep. tall. You, you know, you can lift. You can jump. And he can work. I mean, that's basically where, you, where you'd end up. Um, back to my scrum idea. I think I've nailed it. I think I've nailed it. Okay. Right, so the ball is on the floor. Yeah. The two teams engage. Form over the top of it. Yeah, you're only allowed to strike for the ball, okay, when you've pushed over the ball a certain a certain amount. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's got to be, so say if you, I don't know, say by, past the, the hooker's shoulders, then the hooker may, may, uh, may then strike. Okay. Okay. Or... And the ref, is the ref going to call... Strike now or strike? No, it's on. Hmm, uh, it's the team that goes forward 
the team that goes forward, once the ball has passed a certain point, they might strike. No, I now I've got it. The attacking team, <laughs> the, the, the team that's been awarded the ball, is the team that's allowed to strike first. And as soon as they strike, the, the everyone defense, can strike. Yeah. Okay. Nailed it. So, so are you going to run an experiment with Tok H in training this week? I might do. <laughs> can you now you're a coach? Can you do do what I want? Can you do a game? <laughs> can you set up a game with no knock on, uh, so we can yeah. see it in action? We we do all sorts of crazy games in in Talk H. It should be fine. Would you encourage your scrum half to deliberately throw the ball at an opposing player who's in an offside position just to get a penalty? I hundred percent agree with this. Yes, hundred percent. I'd be delighted if that, if that was my scrum half. So. Uh, Calm Fotterly against Saracens. Pick the ball up from the back of a ruck. Scout Brits is in an offside position but retreating back to his own side. Dives to the floor to get out of the way of the pass which Khan Fotterly is about to throw. You- and it looks as if Khan Fotterly, instead of throwing at a normal height, followed Scout Brits down to the floor and threw it yeah. at about two inches off the ground just to win a pen. Good. So uh, I have no problem if the players stood up walking back. If Scout Brits there hits the deck. I'm not sure what he's, well, what else he's. Supposed I mean, to do. it can go both ways, can't it? So I think Confosoli he brilliant because there are other examples of players milking a you know milking penalties, and this one's just a little bit more obvious. So I'm fine fine with it in principle. The application of the law is interesting well, because other people do. So I so I'm going to encourage it. Yeah, of my players, hundred um, percent. Now the application of the law is interesting because I do believe it is within the power of the referee to say that is not in the spirit. Of, of the game or brings the game disrepute or some silly thing like that unsportsmanlike behaviour yeah I'm sure that that is actually a law yeah yeah it can be penalised and there you go I mean that was in the referee's hands actually so Confoso Lee is absolutely in his rights to try it and if he wins more power to him if he doesn't he won't do it again yeah you're right the, the referee do have I, I think it would be actually nice to see a referee do exactly that yeah. and penalise unsportsmanlike behaviour, the penalty goes the other way. And I'll tell you another thing which is really creeping in. Forget independent HIA panels and disciplinary panels um, because that's just pandering to a certain crowd. How is this for a panel? The independent appealing panel. So every week games go to people like us and we look at it and if we see players overly appealing for... Um, for decisions they have to play sail jets on a Monday night exactly uh, no quarter is given <laughs> no appeal process um, we don't have to explain ourselves we just yeah. say uh, the, uh, there we go there might potentially be more attendance at a sail jets game than a sail sharks game but hey if you can't get attendance with George North uh, Horn and you know, a Springbok and, and a Wallaby to, to be fair if I were uh, in the country last Monday and I knew that game was going on I might have gone down I actually wanted to go down childcare Typical. Um, It'd be quite entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So to stop the appealing because there's so much of it. It was so evident in the Worcester game. uh, So much so that even Flats uh, mentioned that everyone is appealing. They don't even know what they're appealing for. They're just doing it. It's nothing that a few pens or a couple of yellow cards here and there wouldn't sort out in in a week. Independent panel. Agreed. Yeah. Independent, unaccountable panel. Uh, right, um, I'm going to just hop over some borders to the Pro 14. Yeah, South African teams still getting pumped, but are really showing. A, I think they're they're winning a lot of fans in in this for their attitude, and they will get better. I hope so. I feel sorry for them because they've had no break. They've had 
I mean, just imagine being being one of their players. No idea really what the future holds for you for a large part of the season. Yeah. You know, you've you've finished your domestic season. Do you go on holiday? Do you carry on training? Yeah. Who are your teammates going to be? Do you have a job? What do you do? Then all of a sudden they're saying, ah, you do have a job, but the catch is you've got to fly eight thousand miles every every two weeks. Yeah, and and the 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 two South African teams have had possibly the hardest start they could have done. Mm. So they've played. So Cheetahs played Ulster in the first weeks. Southern Kings travelled to Scarlets, who were reigning champions. And then Southern Kings travelled to Connacht, and the Cheetahs travelled to Munster. So they've had... F- they have lost four out of four. But they've had four of the hardest games they could have, have had. They, they've not had a home game yet, have they? No, no. They, no so no. they're doing like a, a European leg, whatever you want to call okay. it. Okay. And how long is that going to last for? Three weeks? That's usually what they go for i think it's normally what they kind of do in super rugby yeah i'm not actually sure let's have a look at the, the next fixture one of them might have zebra at home or is it zebra away anyway one of them's got zebra so they're probably hopefully they can chalk up a win it's almost worth them chipping in together and this isn't a joke actually chipping in and buying themselves some facility between the two of them somewhere in the uk because yeah. they're always going to be here somewhere um, close to an airport they may have they may have already yeah they, they want to be able to use Consistent training facilities, don't they? Or, uh, yeah, I guess you could use this. Is, uh, forget it. It's a boring chap. Carry on. Wow. <laughs> no, actually, I, I will carry on now. No, 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 I, no, 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 I will. No, uh, maybe see. they should use the facilities of the teams not in their conference. There you go. Because there's always <laughs> going to be someone nearby who's not yeah. in your conference. That's a fair yeah. point. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Connick season finally up and running. Good. Yeah. Good to see. Yeah. Um. Edinburgh, Richard Cockrell. Although I did love, well, firstly, a couple of things. Great to see Robbie Fruin playing a whole game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And looking powerful and strong and scoring a great try in the 75th minute. Richard Cockrell, two from two. Uh, his, he was quoted after the game. Good result, five points, but I'm disappointed. We played poorly, but at least we did enough to win the game. Credit to the players on that, but we're a better side than the way we played, and I'm disappointed. <laughs> I love I love cockers. <laughs> I was just thinking how how furious he must have been when um, Ed, uh, um, Ed, <laughs> Edinburgh called him and said, "Cockers, look, um, we've got your centre, potentially world class. <laughs> he might have a few injury problems, <laughs> a few injury he's, concerns. He's a big Who is bo- it? <laughs> he's a big boy, powerful runner. Yes, yes, I'm <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm Robbie I'm Fruin. So no." <laughs> <laughs> So he's played his one game of this year. I definitely know which centre he'd rather have right now. Yeah. Um, two two Edinburgh players. We mentioned them before on the podcast, but two young lads, young Scottish lads, with two of the best names in rugby. Hidalgo Klein. No, no. Blair Kinghorn. Blair Kinghorn, such a Scottish name. And Magnus Bradbury. I thought Blair Kinghorn was a male adult entertainer. Well, they are Kinghorn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and two quality players as well. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. Um, I watched. I actually watched Pro Twelve. I watched Glasgow. I'm going to watch Pro Glasgow. 14, Guinness Pro Fourteen. Oh, whatever. Uh, I'm going to watch Glasgow for the rest of the season now. Glasgow. I'm going to try and try and stay interested in in Pro Pro Fourteen. Glasgow who comfortably are, beat Ospreys. Yeah. Uh, so Reese Patchell is settling into Scarlets, and Wayne Pivak has said, and I quote: "Reese Patchell." I've heard this. Wales's answer to Bowden Barrett. Uh, well, he is a Pro 12 champion. It was a, I think it's a careless choice to compare anyone to Bowden Barrett. It's, um, it is, isn't it? It's not a smart thing to do comparison-wise. Just say he can be Wales' number one. 
Yes. Uh, not he can be Bowden Barrett. Oh, that's an interesting question, isn't it? Is is Priestland really going to come back from the dead and be Wales's number one? Surely not. No, what if he does? Patchell's jumped him ahead of Sam Davies uh, in the pecking order. It'll be interesting to see where, where he sits. Especially with well, Dan, oh, we haven't do... even mentioned Dan Bigger going to Northampton next year. That was, a, that was confirmed. We yeah, talked we... about it a long time ago. I just think it's, it's terrible business all around this. Um, I don't know why, but Dan Bigger doesn't seem to be the Dan Bigger you see for Wales when he plays for Ospreys. I mean, too often you just see rubbish performances. I don't know why, you just do. Well, he doesn't play that much for one reason. Yep. Um, for Wales, I think he's mar- he is magnificent uh, on on occasions. He handles pressure well. But is he going to fit into Saints? I mean, what is it that they were hoping that they were buying? I, I don't really understand. Are they looking for a direct replacement for for Myler. St- Stephen Myler? That's, that's a good point, actually. He's pretty closest to Stephen Myler, isn't exactly. he? Exactly. He's like the ultimate version of Stephen Myler. Yeah. Um, and also they've got Piers Francis. Francis. I want to see, yeah. Uh, Piers Francis. Now, what does the future hold for him then? Is he not going to be the future 10? Because that's what I was thinking, but maybe he'll be the future 12. And Malander. Malander. Because I'm Malander, sure Malander. Malander, fullback, fullback. Really? Fullback. What, this season? I, no, I reckon that's where he'll end up. I'm not, is he fast enough? He's got such a good all-round game. He, he, he's brilliant. I, I see him so, as a centre. I do as well. 12. 12, 12 yeah. yeah. I see him as the best centre in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he could be. Mm-hmm. I think in... I'm talking three, four years. Uh, not, uh, well, not anytime soon. I think he needs to move club. That is my. I mean, it's going to be difficult whilst your dad's head coach, but I think he'd do better away from Northampton. And then Northampton have also got um, the young Grayson, haven't they? They have got a young Grayson. Now he Who, was involved this week. I think he's on the bench. Wasn't yeah, he? James Grayson was on the bench. Yeah, did he come on? No, but he's obviously got. Decent well, he enough. May have, he may have done right at the end. Do you know, decent um, enough heritage, hasn't he? I'll talk about another ex-pro son coming through the ranks. We can have a, we, can, we, we we can we try. Did we try and do a legacy fifteen at one point? I no think, more fifteens. I think we have. No, 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 no. We have okay. tried to do one, but this. But the point is, there's quite a few because we've got George, but George Ford when Mike was still around. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, at the same club. At the same club, there was there was loads. There were, like Sam Olver is a less not at the same club, but his dad was an England international. John Olver, the hooker, and um, Bath. He did all right today, young Olver. Bath and Northampton. No, was it no? Just Northampton. Um, John Olver. Yeah, Sam Olver. Well, did all right. I think his name's Cameron. Cameron Redpath. I want to say. Uh, yes. Cam- now, Cam Redpath. The reports of sale jets. Yeah, the reports I've heard about this, about this kid are quite extraordinary. But uh, I've never seen him play, so you know, watch his space. But apparently, very, very good young player. Northampton Saints versus Leicester Tiger. All four of the fly halves involved are coaches' sons, as in not necessarily coaches of that team. Ford, 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 Grayson, Ford. Yeah, well Malinda, and Ford. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well done. That's good. That's good a great fact. <laughs> we need to reinstate the fact button. Yeah, I yeah. Get, I'll, I'll email it to you so we can uh, install it. it. Yeah. I'll screw it in. Fact. <laughs> Uh, do you want to do pick of the week or is there anything else to dissect from various games of rugby? Uh, just one brief thing. Um, oh, the, so, the, go on. Uh, the France 2023 bid could be uh, in tatters, potentially. Well, I don't know, but is this because he's been rocked by a Bernard Laporte scandal? scandal. Isn't he so, going to be arrested or something silly? Well, so they're investigating it. So there's, uh, I'm not saying whether this has happened or not, but what's thought to have potentially happened is, well, um, is it Mohamed Altrad? Mohamed? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, uh, Morad. Morad. Morad Altrad. Morad Altrad. No, hang on, that's Morad no, Bujla. Bujla. Whichever, Altrad. Or Mo and Altrad, or no, whatever so his name is. Al- Altrad does sound like an evil an evil layer for a Bond villain. <laughs> yeah. Mohead Altrad. <laughs> Mo- Moed Altrad, there you go. Such an evil name. He, uh, he, <laughs> he owns Montpellier, and his construction company, of which I don't know the name, is France... Altrad. Oh, yeah, Altrad, there you go. It's France's shirt sponsor. Yep. Now, the accusation is that... Bernard Laporte was pressured by Altrad and then tried to influence the French Rugby Appeals Board to reduce or in some cases overturn bans against Montpellier players. <laughs> what? It's so French. What are they thinking? <laughs> it is so French. I mean, yeah, what are they thinking exactly? I mean, if you own a club, your number one concern isn't the players you have. It isn't even, believe it or not, the... Um, the uh, the results that you get, it is the integrity of the sport and the league. Because if your sport has no integrity and your league is a joke, then no one's going to watch because it isn't worth watching. Yeah, like, like the even the accusations, and it was never ever brought to to bear. So we don't know what the facts are. Oh, I'm, I'm happy to speculate. But Bob. the fact the fact that Saracens and Bath um, were were mentioned in light of salary cap, yeah. Um, that has dogged them for a while. Every time there's any sort of salary cap conversation surrounding Battle Saracens, fans just go, "Oh well, they're cheats, aren't they?" Yeah, uh, you know, and they actually should be. I mean, all Premiership clubs should be, be trying to be as strict on this as they possibly can because it's for the good of the sport. The integrity of the competition trumps everything else. Rant Ag- over. Agreed. So, um, so we think he's guilty. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's get on to next week. Um, looking at the fixtures. So, Phil, if you run us through the fixtures, and then we can pick out our, our game of the week for our for our Leo Vegas pick of the week. So, I'll very quickly mention the Pro 12 fixtures. Pro so, 14. Pro 14, even sorry, I'm reading Pro 14 and I'm still saying Pro 12. Okay. Um, so, Dragons host Connacht. Uh, Connacht win. Big Gav to not get off to a win yet. Yeah, yeah. so apparently, um, I think Dragons are going to be taken over by someone who owns Just Eat or Hungry House or something. There you go. Interesting. The Just Eat Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, then Edinburgh hosts Treviso, home win. Uh, then the game of Friday night will be Ulster hosting Scarlets. Ooh. Ooh. Tasty, which I am a little bit nervous about. In all honesty, that's a that's a good one. That's a, I'm going to watch that. Yeah, well, it depends what what's on in the Premiership. So, well, Scarlets are they're playing a really nice brand of, of rugby. They're carry, they've basically carried on from where they were last year. So, I'm a bit nervous about that one. Okay, who then do, who do you think? Do you still think you're Pride Ulsterman? I'm. Uh, uh, but Scarlets went to Leinster last year, didn't they? In yeah. the in the uh, semi-final. Um, give me Scarlets in a great game. Yeah. Are they Scarlets or sorry, what do you say? At uh, uh, the Kingspan. Hmm. Don't know. Um. Then Saturday. So the early kickoff is Southern Kings hosting Leinster. So Leinster travel to. Ah, okay. So they're not the I, I, weeks. I assume Leinster are travelling to uh, Port Elizabeth. Uh, see if it says. Nelson Mandela Bay Stadium. Yep. Lads on tour. Uh, then Ospreys host Munster, which should be a good game, but yeah. g- give me Munster away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Cardiff host Glasgow. Give me Glasgow. I'm with you. 100% Glasgow, yeah. And then on the Sunday, Cheetahs host Zebra. 
Oh, that's interesting. Home win? Don't know. I, I might actually watch that because it'll be a very interesting. It'll be interesting to gauge where, where. Well, so Zebra allegedly are meant to be a lot better th- this year. I've yet to actually see them. Yeah. And Cheetahs have lost both their games. It'd be very interesting to see like where the level is. Yeah. We'll we will find out in this game definitely. Mm. And Zebra will have a few South Africans going home. Yep. So that's Pro fourteen. Premiership. Just read out, just read out the fixtures first. So the fixtures. We've got the rugby championship as well. Uh, we do have the rugby championship as well. But fixtures for uh, the Aviva, Avicii, mm-hmm. Northampton Bath, Worcester Exeter, Sharks, London Irish. That's Les- Friday night. That's Friday. Then Saturday, Leicester, Gloucester. And the big game, 10pm UK time kickoff. Newcastle Saracens. What a game. Then on Sunday, Wasps, Quins. Well, let's break two games down, okay? We'll break down. I think the biggest game of the week is going to be... Northampton Bath? I was going to say Leicester, Gloucester, actually. In terms of Ooh. fan bases and stuff. Yeah. Hotly contested. Um, and we'll, we have to do Saracens, Northampton. Uh, Saracens, Newcastle. Sorry, Newcastle. What an idiot. Yeah. Um, so, shall we do... Well, Tim, are you okay with that? Yeah, crack on. Right, hold there then. Do you think Bath, Northampton? Yeah, Northampton at home after that result and Bath. Fine. Flying. Yeah, done. Um, wait there, Tim. We've got some production. Oh, yeah, of course we do. So, uh, oh no, I've not turned up my sound. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, our <laughs> friends at Leo Vegas, LeoVegas.com have. A... They're paying money for that for that level of uh, production. <laughs> they are. This is our Leo Vegas pick of the week. They're the place you need to go if you want to just make your game day even more interesting. They, they love their rugby and they've got some great offers for you. So what you need to do is uh, get on there and maybe have a little flutter. I couldn't remember what the word was uh, on the gamble. rugby. The little gamble. Friday night, 7.45pm kickoff at Franklin's Gardens. Northampton will be six days after they were there smashing Leicester. But this time they face Bath, a resurgent Bath who are two from two mm. and have just beaten Saracens but are back on the road where they do not perform nearly as well. Except Bath. for in Welford Road. Mm. Uh, oh, goodness me. Um, Todd Blackhead has got something going there, hasn't he? He has. Uh, oh, and also, um, Matson's leaving. Has left. Has left. So good luck to him for whatever it is, because yeah. it doesn't sound like it's uh, one of those things that you necessarily want- wanted to do. Mm. Um, Bath, Bath. You can't even say Bath have the momentum, because it was such a good win for Northampton that you kind of have to think that they're going to come into this very confident too, and they're at home, and they played so well. Mm. But I think the just how poorly Leicester have played in both games mm. takes the shine off that Northampton performance. I would, and the t- there's two big things wrong with Leicester. One, their line-out didn't function. Yep. There's a lot of poor line-outs, actually, this season so far. Well, uh, there's a lot of good line-up defence. Yeah, and secondly, there's they don't have or didn't have Francois Lowe, Tolupe Falatao, or maybe Sam Underhill. <laughs> this could be his first game. <laughs> they don't have guys like guys like that busting holes in, in the defence to give you any momentum and I think it'll be a completely different case 
So when Northampton were really good, when they won the Premiership and the few and maybe a year after that, what I really liked about them is how big they were and how physical that they could get. I think they can still do that because they've got huge ball carriers. I mean, Burrell's pretty big. North is pretty big when he wants to be. Uh, and their pack is not full of superstars, but it is pretty abrasive. Um, having said that, I mean, uh, I can almost imagine there had been a Northampton-style collapse like, like, like there was many a time last year. <laughs> They'd win one and then throw the next two away. Uh, I, I simply don't know. I mean, this is this is terrible if you want to place a bet with Leo Vegas. <laughs> but I, I just simply don't know. I don't know. And also, you know, the Bath squad that they're putting out, uh, Max Clark, how much do you know about Max Clark to really you know get into how good he is? Uh, young centre who has the opportunity to play for England or Wales because yep. of his mother and father. Besides that, and and I know he scored two tries. He's wonderful hair. There's a lot of wonderful hair yeah. in the Premier yeah. in the Avicii, isn't there? Good hair. Good runner. Well, defense. Uh, well, yeah. Good hair. Interesting hair. Interesting and lush hair. Yeah, good. Good runner. His defense has been very good. Other than that, other than what I've seen in the last two weeks, I don't know very much at all. So, I he, think up front, Northampton can definitely get the squeeze on because they've got pretty much an international front front row. They've got the England captain, uh, and they are surrounded by front row talent. They, they seem to do that very very well. Courtney Laws played pretty well. He played and very well. You yeah. look at the Bath front row. You've got Abano. You've got Dunn. And who was the and who was the other guy that they they were operating with? I can't remember now. Uh, P- Peronisi. Yeah, who's come back from Bristol. Uh, you've got to expect that Northampton can get at least some sort of upper hand there. Yeah. Um, uh, Northampton will win at home. Northampton Bath, Bath, three. Bath, Bath aren't Bath aren't good on the road. They, yeah. They do see. They did win at Leicester. That was a big, big, big North, result for them. Northampton by three. I, I think. I think it'll be close. I think Northampton will edge it. Give me yeah. Bath. Bye, Bath. Yeah. I, I, Bath by. F- I do got- think that Bath back row could make the difference. And that Bath back line, so Rocco has been grabbing the headlines, but if Rocco is marked out of the game and JJ or Anthony Watson yeah, you're get right. half a yard... Right, I'm changing in Bath. Bath are going to win. Give me Bath. Bath. Mm. Do you know what's amazing about this Bath back line? How dangerous it still is, but how dangerous it was. Because you used to be also able to include, at one point, a Benderton and Ford and Eastmond. Yeah. I mean, how did they not... I mean, how did they not just win the Premiership, the European <laughs> Cup, the UEFA Cup, the Champions League? <laughs> I, I, I just don't, I don't know. Don't forget who they also included. Go on. Sam Burgess. Biggs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they could have won the NRL. <laughs> they could have won everything, but they didn't. If only he was playing as a number six. And maybe this is why they're better, because they have less, less yeah. of these sort of guys. There you who, go. Well, one of us is going to be smug or two of us are going to be smug come uh, 10 o'clock Friday night because uh, Phil and me are saying, Northam- uh, saying Bath. Oh, you're so Jimmy wrong. You're, you're so wrong so uh, wrong on that, Tim. There's only going to be two people smug and those two people will be in Philadelphia on Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless of what the results are, mate. Uh, Worcester are going to get beaten by the champions at home. Agreed. On Friday night. 100%. Although so, much, but you haven't actually mentioned the Worcester game. Uh, much improved performance by Worcester. Fair, fair play, they dug I, deep. I think part of that was just how greasy it was. The weather was not pretty, and there were so many drop balls, particularly in that first half. Yeah, Johnny Orb did very well, though. I mean, he, did. did he did really looked, well. He looked quite dangerous, and Ben Teo carries, like, run, smashing people out of the way. Oh, I've got to mention Ali Eakin. Uh, Nick Mullins was uh, not on BT Sport this weekend. He was uh, having a 
a well-earned weekend off. He had one weekend on, so he's got he's got to have a break. What, <laughs> what is he, a fireman? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so Ali Eakin it was kind of almost a Mullinisms, Mullins. Oh, 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 how, how, when stop, he said, stop, stop, no. Ellis, Ellis Genge smashed Dylan Hartley. Uh, Ellis Genge ran into Dylan Hartley and knocked him backwards onto the deck. And Ali Eakin said, he's like a baby... Rhinoceros Baby with rhino a dart. with a dart up with a with a tranquilizer dart up his backside or with a dart up his backside. Do you know why I know that isn't a Mullinism? Why is that? Because Nick Mullins, if I'm right, and I'm sure I'll be correct. This I don't wrong. mean he. I don't mean he actually. No, no, no. Nick Mullins has said that no, before. No, 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 but I'll tell you why it's not. He will not use animal analogies because that was the territory of the late Bill McLaren. So he always tries to avoid animals. He did come up with. Uh, a parrot digging for a cuttlefish or something like that. And, oh, he, and did. he did come up with a giraffe something, didn't he, recently? Oh, there you go. Someone was like a giraffe. They... Maybe it was for a, out of respect for a couple, hey, of, for a couple exactly. of years of Bill McLaren. Yeah. And then on the se- second anniversary... Sli- slippy boiled enough. egg is by, it's by far the best. Rolling oh, ball well, of barbed wire. Rolling ball of barbed wire. <laughs> Barbed wire, cenotti, cenotti. Yeah, and a uh, stocky little dumper truck. Yes, for Harry Thacker. <laughs> we, in fact, we could, we could almost have a game. We, we can get <laughs> true or false. No, no, no. I'll get Nick. I'll, yeah, true or false. Is it? Is it something Nick Mullins said? Equally, I'll. We uh, one of. We could get Nick. Like Mullins, a child chased chased with a father uh, by a father with a slipper. We could get Nick Mullins <laughs> to think of a player. Give a description, and we have to guess who he's describing. Oh, that's yeah, that is game. a good game. Actually, we won't be able to do that in in Philly. Yeah, very good. Watch his space. Right, um, Sale Sharks will get their first win of the season at home to London Irish. Mm, no. Yes, they will. Really? Yeah, they will. I'd uh, say no, no, they won't. You're back, back in against your beloved Sale. They're not my beloved Sale. <laughs> They're just the nearest club. <laughs> um, but you, you backed them every single game last year. Including Toulon away, <laughs> Saracens away. Um, do you know what? This is going to be tight, I I feel. I think you're probably right in that. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it will be. I, I think Sale by 12. Mm. If Sale can't sort out their line out, give me Irish by 10. If Sale sort out their line out, Sale by 5. Yeah, um, they will sort out the, the line-out because they'll simply change the hooker. Mind you, it, it's that, it, does Bryn Evans pass his concussion protocol? That is the, that is the bigger question because I think they win a lot more ball with, with Bryn, yeah. Bryn Evans. What's, what do you reckon for the game? You're going for... I will go sail. I'll go sail by five. Okay. okay. Uh, on to Saturday, and we have 3pm kickoff: Leicester versus Gloucester. I'll be working at this one, which is why mm. I'm not in Philadelphia. Leicester at Gloucester or Gloucester at Leicester? Uh, Leicester, sorry, Leicester home to Gloucester. Which will be the third week in a row I've done Matt O'Connor. Oh yeah, wow! You might must be pretty close. Yeah, though. yeah. We, you know, he's getting get... angrier and angrier because his team are getting worse and worse. <laughs> no, I actually, I mean, you don't. You, you get this with all Premiership coaches, but Matt O'Connor, I, he's Leicester have got they they let go a very honest and um, I can't think of the right word. A very honest and a very open guy in Richard Cockrell. Matt O'Connor is is much the same. Is he? He calls a spade a spade doesn't make any excuses well he is in a pretty tough situation with you interrogating him every That's every well, week yeah uh and uh, do you know who i think gloucester missed this weekend i think they missed manu Tulangi. gloucester oh gloucester 
Johnny May. Johnny May. Yes, yeah. definitely Johnny ben May. Ben Morgan. Um, no, yeah. uh, Mark Atkinson. Um, Sausage legs. I think he does create a lot of stuff for them. Um, that said, surely Leicester got a bounce back, haven't they? Yeah. You'd You've think so. You've got to. Leicester to get their first do, win. No, do, do you know who Leicester are missing? Uh, they're missing a guy like uh, Ludlow, who plays for Gloucester. That guy just never never stops fighting, never stops carrying, just is a machine. Uh, he's destined for great things. And that's kind of what Leicester just don't have. I thought Brennan O'Connor was the next big thing. Brennan O'Connor was the next big thing. That was your that was that was last season, all he's the next big thing. And well, then they've got they've got they haven't played I'm sure they'll start Mike Williams. Yeah. I mean the stats do actually back, back me up on Bren, Brendan O'Connor. He had a fantastic season last no, year. No, 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 no. I, I do I, I would say that their second rows I'm not convinced by. Yeah. I, I, Kitchener was looking like he was on that trajectory of yeah. looking like he was really good. He's now nowhere you wouldn't consider him anywhere near England now. No. no. So Brad Thorne no. said about Kitchener, he said this this is the sort of guy who would play for the All Blacks, but you just don't appreciate his his, uh, his likes here, basically. And I wonder if this team with O'Connor and Kitchener and these sort of slightly more mobile guys are built for a different job to the job O'Connor has in mind for them. Mm. So that's the only thing I can really think of. Leicester, I think, will win at home. Yeah, give me Leicester, but not by much. Um, give me... God, it's tight, isn't it? Uh, Come on. Sorry, Gloucester, I've got to think of these things. Leicester, Gloucester, not good on the on the road. Well, they've not been. They've got hundred percent lost record so far. I'm going to go for Leicester then. Yeah, and then Newcastle Saracens. It'll be. Te- I'll be watching this at 10 p.m. You'll be watching this at 5 p.m. Yeah, lads, lads, lads. Local time. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, it's going to be a Saracens win, isn't it? So, Newcastle are currently unbeaten, mm-hmm. two from two, albeit. No one really won in that second game against rugby, Sale. Rugby lost. Rugby lost. Everyone lost. <laughs> there were no winners. Uh, well, the the many thousands of people who didn't bother going to the game. <laughs> Do you know what? <laughs> I just find it hilarious. Like uh, Steve Diamond washes his hands of the line. The line that's not uh, uh, not not my problem. And then someone asked him about the attendance. Oh, well, it's the infrastructure. Is there any problem that Steve Diamond <laughs> has either caused or, or takes any credit for whatsoever? Well, no. Or takes responsibility for so He'll so take credit for when things oh, go well. Credit, not a problem. He is not accountable in any way if it goes wrong. I mean, that's basically what he said on BT Sport. He's like, um, if, you know, doing when I spoke coming Neil, he's like, oh, I'm completely responsible for our, our past successes, but this future failure is not my fault. <laughs> Uh, I think Saracens will win this. Uh, so yeah. I had one eye on some of the Saracens players' uh, Instagram accounts Oh, uh, this afternoon, they, su- Sunday afternoon, well, and they were Newcastle boarding or, a plane. As we record now, Newcastle are in the uh, are have already arrived. Have already arrived. Mm-hmm. Saracens, Saracens are in the air tomorrow, Monday. Well, so there was a picture of three hours ago of them actually on a plane. Oh right. So they, so they will land. Yeah, probably early hours of Monday morning. Yeah. But they're on route. I've got a feeling. Uh, now, is the pitch synthetic at Tesla Energy or whatever it's called? Uh, I don't, I, I'd probably I assume so. It, it wouldn't matter if yeah, they both, both play on it. Well, that's that's the point. I don't think it is. I think it's a football field, isn't it? I think it's an actual soccer pitch. Uh, so it it is, be. yeah. It's Philadelphia United. So pitch. I think it's grass, which is going to throw, throw them all completely. Um, 
<laughs> they do play on grass no, every other that, week. And they probably train on it too, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Newcastle. Uh, sorry. Uh, Philadelphia. By, by the way, Mario Todd is going to be the biggest thing ever there, I'd say. Um, Chris Wiles is throwing the first pitch at the Philadelphia. Is he? The baseball, That's incredible. Whatever the baseball team is. Good lad. Philadelphia A's? No. No. Uh, no, it's Oakland A's. No, um, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I don't know now. How embarrassing. Philadelphia. The Flyers, the Flyers is, is, is ice hockey, isn't it? Philadelphia, Philadelphia. What on earth? They don't. Philly. F- Philadelphia Phillies. No. Philadelphia Phillies. Is that, those horses, Phillies? <laughs> a Philly is a horse. Anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Professional baseball. Right, team. let's go back to the rugby. Or what New Zealand uh, rugby players call women. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the majority of, of the uh, panel ju- uh, judging New Zealand rugby. <laughs> uh, right, sorry, Saracens, tw- uh, 20 points. Yeah. Give me give me Saracens by th- two or three scores. Does Chris Wiles start? Just out of principle. Yeah. Yeah, he probably does, yeah. What about uh, Titi Lamassetti? Titi Lamassetti. He has to start, yeah. Yeah. They're going to roll out all their Americans. All and DTH van der Merwe, Canadian. It's a stretch, yeah. isn't it? It's a stretch, but yeah, we'll go Yeah, we'll go with it. Didn't they have Todd? They had Todd Clever there. They had Todd Clever. Yeah, not anymore. They must bring him back for one game. Yeah. Hayden Smith, bring him back. Yeah, why, why, <laughs> yeah, why not? That's five. Dan Lyle? Dan Lyle, get, <laughs> get him signed up. I think he's part of the commentary team. He must actually. be, mustn't he? Uh, if Alex Corbusier is not out there in some yeah, rapping NBC, or doing something, I don't NBC know. are, I think, leading the. He's doing the, the half-time show. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, excellent. Um, now, me and Phil will be in Manhattan for two nights. So if you are going to the game and want to meet up for a drink, send us a text. Sorry, text, a tweet. Uh, and at Rugby Podcast. At Rugby Podcast. Or. They're also on Grinder. Yeah, the grinder is also a great place to find us. Uh, and uh, if not, we'll be in Philly for the Saturday, and then Sunday is American Sports Day. I'm going to do nothing but drink ale and watch American sports. Uh, that's so it. That's what I'm going to do. We've been advised by uh, someone on li- on um, Facebook that there is a great sports bar not far from the, the stadium, f- the Philadelphia Eagles stadium. Yeah, so I've looked into this and yep. it is, have you seen it? I've not, no. Oh my word, it is truly enormous. He's, he advises to get there early on the Sunday. But the problem being with it is it might be like going to Cardiff and drinking in, walk- in, in walkabouts. Okay. Do you see what I mean? It, now, I don't know if, I mean, just check this place out. It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, I've, I've not seen... Uh, something so big, dedicated to dedicated to sport ever. Well, bar wise, stadiums obviously. Yeah. Um, it is huge. But whether we want to do that or not, I don't know. But there's so much sport on that I intend on doing nothing, like we did in New York. That was ideal. That was good. That was it, ideal. It was a slightly late start in New York. We're a little bit hungover. Mm. Uh, Xfinity Live. Mate, just J- look- Jason Walker. Who? So thank you. He's given us uh, quite a few tips. Thank you, Jason. Uh, yeah. Xfinity. Good. Yeah, you guys have fun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tim, you're going to a live game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, yours is just as good, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're going to go to. I'm going to go and. Oh man, I'm. You get a good curry in Leicester. They are Phil. Ooh wow. They, do you Ooh. want to see that, Tim? Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. cheers. Great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, and there's more as Affinity Live. It's a bloody campus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure, sure. Look at that. Oh, look at all those big screens. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. Great. Uh, what are we going to do for a podcast next week, boys? Do we even know? Yeah. Um, are we going to phone in? 
Yes. Because it'll be morning-ish, won't it? We could phone in on Sunday morning ahead of the uh, Wasps Quins game. So we try and do it live from Zafinity Live. Do it live. Yeah. <laughs> we could probably. Uh, the sound is not going to be pretty. Well, we could do it on our phones. Yeah, a lot of background noise. Oh, we'll work it out. This isn't this isn't for the yeah, public consent. Now, the point is, we will we we know how messed up the first weekend of the season was. Hopefully, this has been a lot better, and it's get only getting better because we're gonna have exclusive stuff from Philadelphia, maybe with a little game that Nick Mullins could curate, uh, and much more besides. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Find us on Twitter at Rugby Podcast, on Instagram, on Facebook, where you can see the video of this podcast or most of sort it. Sort of. Kind of. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, and other than that, nice one, for JB. Nice one, Phil. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you, Tim. And let the boys play. Let the boys play. Amen. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.